hi and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck and be more confident at 30. Today's episode is a guest episode with a special guest because I have invited back onto the podcast the very first guest, Vicky Louise, to talk all about turning 30 and how to hack time. Now, you're probably thinking, what does that even mean, how to hack time? But really, what we're going to be talking about is this preconception all about how life is busy and everything takes time and we've got to keep working and hustling and the culture that we're in these days where we think that the more time we put into something the more value we are going to get out and since we recorded our first podcast all about procrastination and how to get shit done with Vicky she has since really dived into this topic and become a thought leader all about time So I'm just going to introduce, reintroduce her, and then we're going to get started. So Vicky is a feminist time coach. She is a reformed hustler turned time hacker, and she went from 80-hour work weeks doing all the things to 15 with more success and a lot more fun. She helps her clients unlearn the rules of time and drop time management to-dos for good so they can achieve more, earn more, and live more through her group coaching programs. She also hosts the Hack Your Time podcast. I am so excited about this interview, so let's dive in. Hi, Vicky, and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast. Hello, so happy to be here, so happy to be back. I cannot believe that you were my first ever episode, and now we're here again. I feel like it's really full circle, like it's just so fun that we're back recording. Yeah, I know, and I feel like it's, I mean, I'm sure we're going to speak about all this, but like... When you do something like that, you see, you literally have a measure of things that have changed and how you've evolved and like what you spoke to me about, about how you're feeling doing the episodes now versus when you first started. Yeah. So such a good lesson because when we did our first episode, I remember I was so nervous before. Do you remember we were messaging before and you were like, oh, I'm getting all my drinks ready, my tea and my water. And I was like, I'm just so nervous. And then we started and I kept like laughing and I was, and now I was just like, didn't plan anything obviously this has been a super spontaneous recording for us like I just messaged you the other day and I was like you're coming on the podcast again Uh, and the difference in the fear yeah it's crazy it just goes to show you just gotta start and you've got to just keep going and then it becomes easier like literally I coached one of my clients on this yesterday and she's just started a podcast she just created her first three episodes and it's like literally the same thing like you have to be willing to start you have to be willing to be bad like even like I used to, I think my first three episodes I edited. Now I never edit anything. And like I used to interview people, like just being willing to try and test different things and put things out there that aren't perfect because nobody cares. Like now people tell me those episodes are like their favorites. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the perfection thing is so true. I also like very rarely, ed- I, I don't do my own editing, but I don't edit out mistakes. And I think it's so much more authentic. Like it's so much more real. But yeah, so we're back and our first episode was all about getting shit done, which was also linked to time, which is what we're here to talk about today. But since then, so that was 15 months ago, 16 months ago, I know you've had a big uh, pivot in your business and really focusing on time. And I'm really excited to have you here today because I just think the way you think about time is so unique. It's so innovative. There's not many thought leaders out there who are speaking about time in this way. So I'm really excited to dive into some of the theories and 
give practical tips, but let's start with your story of what led you to this. Because I obviously know you very well, but the listeners I'm sure would love to hear why you have arrived, arrived, sounds so special, (laughs) why you've arrived in life, but how you arrived to this topic. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to even use the word arrived because it's like, this also isn't the final destination, right? It's like Mm. we keep moving. So I think it is really good example for everyone to see. So yeah, I mean, I guess my first year in business, I achieved a lot in a very quick amount of time and it broke a lot of like the time rules and the time norms that I'd known. And I just remember getting to that point and being like, shit, like things don't take time. Like I literally spent my whole life thinking things take time, taking on, you know, like really applying that to even when I was in corporate, like giving things more time, working weekends, working late, like really I have to do all the things. And when I do all the things, that's how I get ahead. And it struck me at that point when I was scaling out of my one-to-one practice into groups and masterminds, like, what do I really want to teach? What do I want my work to be in the world? And I was like, well, I think this mistake that we have, that things take time. And if I'm honest, like that was just the start, right? Because once I opened up the curtain there, it wasn't just like where I'm at now is like, things don't just not take time, as in we can achieve a lot in in a very fast period. And I think you've been an example of that as well. But also all of our time structures, all of our time rules, every rule that we have around how we should work in the 40 hour work week and the five day work week and all of these are just decisions that were made a long time ago before it was even legal for women to vote with zero consideration of our cycles, our hormones, like even like pregnancy or being carers or whatever other roles we have in society. And that's why I think so many of us are struggling with so much overwhelm and drowning. And that's what's really costing us success. So not only do I help people, I call it time hacking instead of time management, because every time management tool, like I say, we can go into some of them, but they're created without us in mind and they're very old fashioned and outdated and existed before so many of our jobs even existed. Also, as you know, the other thing that I do now is I help people create a 15 hour work week. And the idea that like that is actually optimal for creativity, for creating value in the world and for creating massive results while actually succeeding at having a life instead of one coming at the expense of another. I am so obsessed with the concept of the 15 hour work week. I know that, you know, uh, you know that I am speaking about it a lot in our, in our catch up phone calls. And I really can't wait to hear it, to hear more about it and for you to explain why, but I just even want to, I want to utilize the fact that we know each other so well. And we're obviously, you know, we've, we've grown up together and we've, we've been friends for forever. Talk about how funny it is and how ridiculous it is that we're even having this conversation based on who you were in the working world. Yes. In your 20s. Yes. And who we both were at school with our last minute revision and our, <laughs> you and your last minute packing and, you know, all of these things. Like, isn't it funny how, even just to go back to the corporate message that you were just talking about, mm-hmm. you know, you were working in banking and finance in that world of, was it 80 hour weeks that you were working? Well, yeah. And also it wasn't just my work hours. It was what I would choose to do. I was always taking on qualifications and certifications outside of work. So there were two years where I spent six months in the office till 10 PM and on weekends. And that was just like what I wanted to do to get ahead because I always knew I wanted to be successful and have impact. And that was how I was seeing it done. And let me tell you the exact moment where reality slapped me in the face, because maybe some of your listeners can relate to this. 
So I spent six months going in at weekends, evenings, doing extra courses, getting the certification and I, I passed it. And then I had the conversation with my boss about my raise. And she was like, you're giving you a 1.5% raise above inflation. And it was still lower than the original offer they'd given me, which they then had to lower because they couldn't, whatever reason. And I was like, wait, I've just given six months of like my whole life, missing out social plans, birthdays, like dating, like all of these things and 1.5% above inflation. And she said, and you should be really pleased with that because a lot of people aren't getting a raise. And I was like, so you're speaking about a couple of hundred pounds for like everything that I've given. It was just like the first crack in this whole, like play the rules and you'll get ahead story. Like I'd literally played the rules and it had not got me ahead in any way at all. Wow. And this is what society says is that like the time rules are that the more you put in, the more you get out, right? That is basically, I think, especially our generation, like the millennial societal conditioning is has always been very much the more you study the better you'll do the harder that you work the more time that you give to your in the office you know the the more you'll get out the more you'll be paid which obviously I know there's a big link between between time and money and also just time and and status and time and like hierarchy and work and I remember you know when I was in the law firm well obviously I was working in a corporate law firm and it was really used to call it bums and seats like the more the longer that you are there the more that you get recognized as a good trainee and I never adhered to it because I was always like one foot out the door knew I didn't really want to carry on but I used to have that weird feeling all the time of okay I remember looking at the clock at 6 p.m finished all my work for the day you have to stay till 7 30 if you don't stay till 7 30 even that's the earliest you can leave and people would do tricks they're putting like the coats on the back, the blazers on the back of the chair and trying to make it look like they're sitting in the office, you know, they're just a new cup of coffee. I remember I used to do that, you know, and I feel like it's so true that we just bought up in that structure with all those time rules, that time, you know, yeah. the more that you spend doing something, the more you're going to get out of it. What other time rules do you think they are? Or do you think that's like the, the key ones? Yeah, I think it is. However, it shows up, it's the time is responsible for our results. So it can be time is money or time heals all wounds or give things time. Like it's just these sayings that we've adopted that maybe used to be true. Like it maybe was that time used to equal money before we had technology and globalization and, you know, all of these huge advances, but we still use these sayings and we still mean them. Like, I mean, even if we take time heals all wounds, like time literally does not heal all wounds like physical things need to happen if you cut yourself to have that heal and whether you heal or not can depend on whether you get in the ocean or not or how wet it gets like it's not the passing of time time does pass but we've ended up being raised by these old ideals that keep us in in structures that are not optimizing how we experience life how we complete work how we create like all of these things So I think it was true up to a point, but we need to really get with the times, Mm. pun intended. And we are so constrained in these old fashioned industries. Like I'm doing a call for a bunch of doctors tomorrow and it's like finance, law, medicine. Like we have these like huge institutions and the old fashioned industries that are still like setting this tone. And I think this is our responsibility as entrepreneurs, CEOs, creatives, people in newer industries, whatever they might be. Like we are in a privileged position where these are way more moldable. And I think we're going to start to see, and we're already seeing changes happen, like the four day work week, um, like the changes coming from the ground up 
and we're seeing it work so like yeah. eventually those larger institutions are going to see that change but I think we want to lead that change definitely and what was coming up for me when you were just speaking then is the the startup world how now in startups they understand the new models and startups the business models are that it you know not everything takes time and there's lots of different it's just such a clash not a clash like it's just very very different time concept like you said all of these old school vintage almost organizations and corporations that that function differently so I feel like we've kind of covered the misconceptions around time and the outdated societal norms about time so what are the new ones what are you leading now yeah so the big theme in what we just spoke about is time is responsible for our results and that can play into like giving time credit for where we're successful like oh it's just the right time right place right time and so I see this a lot with women where we are looking to give someone else the credit for our success or something else and time can be one of those things one of the really important things that I do with my clients that I recommend every single human does is really sit with like the results that you have in your life that you like that you want whether it's like the apartment the dog I'm really still working on that one the relationship the career the friendships the trip that you just took or the trip you're taking whatever it is like you are creating things that you want in your life sitting and understanding and having a method for breaking down how did you create that is not only going to allow you to create a blueprint that's repeatable across other areas of your life but it's going to build actual true self-confidence and from there you make more empowered decisions you make bolder decisions you stand in your own two feet more and that's why it's so important that we change our relationship with time because by doing so we are changing our relationship with ourselves. So in my like entry level program, Time Hackers, what there's only three things that we focus on. And my clients tend to slash their work weeks in half and at least double their income and like do lots of other things like launch podcasts, write books and so on. And the three things that we focus on, how I help them optimize their time is actually getting rid of all the calendaring and all the to-do lists. We don't do any of that stuff. We just focus on how they manage their brain or I teach them how to hack their brain, hack their decisions and hack their fear of failure. And as humans, like if we focus on those three things and you get yourself talking yourself up instead of talking yourself down and you get yourself making fast decisions and actually following through on them. And if you get yourself failing more and, and taking action with fear more, those three things, I promise you, will have you achieve your three-year goals in less than a year. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because when people think, oh, I want to join a program that's going to help me with time, most people would automatically think, great, they're going to teach me how to optimize my Google calendar or yeah. I'm going to learn how to make my to-do list, you know, throw in my, throw in my to-do list and make it for, like work for me or whatever, all the things I'm repeating, things that I'm hearing all the time online. And I feel like it's so interesting that that's not what you focus on. Like it's almost yeah. like going back to the mindset, how much our minds are tuned in to just think of time in a different way. And we think the solution is the practical, but it's yes. just not. Yeah, so we think we need to buy another planner, download another app, reshuffle our calendar, rewrite our to-do list, color code it. And the thing is, what, what I've seen in the time industry, I just see so many comparisons with the diet industry, right? We've built this whole industry around time that is making us more inefficient because it's giving us these time management to-dos that are taking us away from doing the things that we want to do to create the results that we want to create. Like it's become a full-time job in the same way the diet industry has led to people you know, gaining more weight, like 98% of diets fail. I say 98% of plans fail. And the problem is 
when we write this really this really pretty plan and then we fail and we've never been taught why we fail why we don't do what we say we're going to do we make it mean there's something wrong with us we're flawed we feel guilty all the time we don't deserve time off we're like literally not living our one wild and precious lives and then we're approaching decisions from that and that's when i see people cancel their weekend plans that's what i mean i'm speaking from even my own experience right i'm going to stay in the office till 10 p.m i must finish this i'm going to just like get three hours sleep i can function on three hours sleep i remember reading once margaret thatcher had like survived a five hour sleep i was like i'm gonna do that like, what i like love sleep <laughs> but you know really it's not about the time and we're focusing so much on time and it's costing us so much time Yes, yes. I feel so riled up now. And also because we've been speaking about this recently, me and you about how I've been launching something new and I've really been working a lot. I didn't have a weekend for a few weekends. And that's why when we spoke, I was like, I need to join the 15 hour work week because I, I can see how much these misconceptions around time are showing up in my life. And I'm someone who I coach people around time management as well. So I feel like we can all become victim to it. And it's so, so important to, to look and assess our relationship with time. And something I actually often get my clients to do when they come to me and say, I don't have time, is to do time journals. Because I think the first step is to realize where are you actually spending your time? Like, what are you really, really doing? Yeah. And I feel like that is something that a lot of people don't even ever stop and say, ask, you know, this podcast is probably going to be really eye-opening and interesting for a lot of listeners because people often don't just say, oh, where am I spending my time? Why yeah. am I busy all the time? Why do I have this, you know, preconception that I don't have time? Yeah. So that's something that I use. Is that something that you recommend people to do? How do you recommend people gain awareness to the way that they manage their time? Yeah, I mean, so I definitely think it's always interesting to do a time audit, just like it is for someone to do like a food audit, like I said, like just to be aware of what they're eating. I, I would say like doing it again to a point where it's like useful, you have the awareness and then bouncing off it. But otherwise, it's just like another thing we're doing is tracking ourselves. So it's definitely always useful to gather information for them to coach from. But for me with my clients, I really focus on really deciding who they want to be. It's kind of like the way I see it is when we are looking at our past and we're moving against time, we're like literally creating a friction. Whereas when we're moving, when we're thinking about our future, we're moving forward and we're accelerating there. So it could be, for example, instead to start thinking about where do you want to be six months from now? How do you want to show up? What do you want your week to look like? And then understanding that you can create that week now, what needs to change? What needs to happen? What do you need to be thinking, believing? What do you need to be willing to let go of? And you just said something amazing, which I had a call with someone else this morning who's hired me for one of their programs to do a session. And she also said like, oh, I don't think I'm this person, but I am. And I think giving everyone credit, like the biggest problem we have is that we don't consciously choose the stories that we have around time and how we should use it. We've been literally indoctrinated. So people will say to me like, oh yeah, I know X. And then they're still behaving from that belief. And there's nothing wrong with that. We can change it. And what do you think about this 
preconception or misconception about busy being good, right? This is what's coming up for me when you were just speaking is that I think most people have these limiting beliefs about like, I need to be busy all the time. And that really links to time as well. So that's also something I wanted to dive into because that's what I hear a lot from my clients. You know, we all know this is the Turning 30 podcast. Most of my clients are in their thirties. They have busy jobs. They have social lives. They They have jobs right they have jobs sorry they have they have jobs that are, may or may not be defined as busy <laughs> social lives they have relationships they have they want to go on traveling they want to you know go to the gym and what i hear the most from my clients is i'm so busy or i don't have enough time and it's yeah. just this narrative i feel yeah. like it's a collective narrative yeah definitely linked to the to women as well how yeah. we have to be seen to be being busy and helping others and all of that side of things. What do you think about that? The busy narrative? Yeah. I mean, that was exactly what this girl was saying to me this morning. She was like, I know I shouldn't, but it was still coming up that we, we've essentially glamorized being busy. We've made it this aspirational thing and we attach importance to it. And we do this as a society, even though on an individual level, we say we don't want to be busy. Another big issue with why we attach to busy is our fear of boredom. And I speak about this a lot. We are so afraid of being bored because we don't know how to be with ourselves. And we've never been taught how to be with ourselves. And the truth is boredom is like the step to creativity, but we don't give ourselves enough time to be bored to experience the creativity. And that can come in the form of work, but that can come in the form of social media and Netflix and online dating. Like we literally, we live in an attention economy and our attention is more valuable than any other commodity right now. Our attention is being sold to the highest bidder. And so of course we're being fed stories about how we should be busy because someone else is profiting from that. And it's uncomfortable to do the work of breaking away from like, actually I don't want to be busy or recognizing what it's actually creating for us, which can be like heightened anxiety, poor sleep, you know, just general disappointment and unhappiness and all of these things. So what I would say to anyone who is busy is to allow yourself three minutes a day, really something, make it so simple. Just allow yourself three minutes today to just set an alarm and just sit and do nothing. Um, And you can increase as you go. You don't have to meditate. You don't have to journal. You don't have to yoga. You don't have to do any of that shit. Just sit for three minutes and start changing your concept of time. Step out of the rat race. I saw this amazing quote. I can't remember who it's by, but I'm still going to share the quote because it's so good. It said, if you win the rat race, you are still a rat. I was like, blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. Like I was, you know, I was like there. I was like queen rat. (laughs) And so that's what I invite people to think about. Like, are you willing to change the thoughts that you have about yourself so that your value is not in your output? Like we are not machines. We have been taught that like, it feels good when I do work. It feels good when I achieve something. Can it feel good when you do nothing? Are you still worthy of love? when you sit on TV and watch Netflix? Like, what if you are lovable no matter what? What if your value has nothing to do with what you are doing? And then make decisions on what you do with your time from that place versus making decisions with what you do with your time because you want to feel good and you only feel good when you accomplish something because that's what you've been told your value is in the world. Yeah, and I actually also think, and you alluded to this in something that you just said, but people are nervous to stop. 
not just they're nervous to stop because of what it will feel like the discomfort of not being busy even that you know that amazing practical tip you just gave the three minutes a day it, it's going to bring shit up it will people are nervous to stop because actually i think a lot of what we're doing you know we call it buffering right you're trying to avoid yourself you're trying to avoid feelings and then when we're on social media all the time on netflix but the the good buffers buffers the things that we're doing that they masquerade as productivity but actually we're just avoiding ourselves. And I honestly think that so many people are afraid to stop and they use the busy as a mask because they don't know what it's like to feel feelings. Yes. And and like you say, it's like the glamorized buffer. It's like everyone else thinks you're doing amazing. Like, let me tell you, when you are working all the hours, everyone is going to speak about how hard you work and how well you're going to do. And when you cut those hours, everyone's going to, like, people are going to be like, you, but you, you could, even my husband, bless him, <laughs> He's like, because recently the past few months I've even been working even less than my 15 hours for personal reasons. And like, he's been like, but you like, why don't you just do some work? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, thank you. I love you. And I'm good because everyone else around you has had the same indoctrination. So when you start doing this work, it is super powerful to have a community around it as well, or to be yeah. like, you know, getting these resources like podcasts and on purpose, listening to things that are going to help you because it is really like, going against society like and just it's quite radical what we're speaking about here and not everyone is consuming the information that you are so how can you take care of yourself through it because as emma said it's uncomfortable before it's comfortable like you have to be willing i'm speaking i said this to my clients yesterday we had our call and i was saying like it's like you've been running you've learned you're you're a kid you learn to walk and then you can start running and then someone gives you a bike and you're like, well, yeah, but then I keep falling over. Why would I bother falling over? But that bike is going to get you to your destination way faster. So like, what's your choice? Your choice is to be willing to fall over again and to like make some mistakes and to fail and to feel uncomfortable and to maybe scratch your knees or to never learn how to get somewhere faster. And we have to be willing to do that, that uncomfortable work, basically. Oh, I love that analogy. <laughs> Such a great analogy. I think that in a way back to this kind of busy thing there has been some dialogue and there's it has been getting a bit more airtime this whole concept of burnout yeah. and people now taking a little bit more time for work-life boundaries I would say that's I guess where we have progressed a little bit with time because yeah. I do think now there is some acceptance of okay we can't all be working flat out all the time and I do think that there, there has been more airtime around burnout but I think where you take it and the, the 15 hour work week, it's almost that, like you said, it's radical. It's taking it to the next step yeah. because I think people are like, burnout, okay, great. Take a day off, have a mental yeah. health day, take, take one week holiday. But yeah. what you're trying to do, which I absolutely love is to just prevent the burnout in the first place. It's not putting yeah. a plaster over yeah. the wound. It's, it's treating the, the yeah. cause. Yes, exactly. It's like we can keep solving for problems, which by the way, ends up costing corporations, companies and ourselves way more, or we can radically change the system and the rules and the way that we do things. And the truth is when the 40 hour work week was created, firstly, it was shrunken from what it was previously supposed to be. So a hundred years ago, they still figured out that working less led to more output. And secondly, it was at a time when 
you know, people were in relationships and one partner stayed at home. And now we have like 20 different roles, whether it's like personal social media manager, dating consultant, bill payer, like we are doing all the things ourselves and we're expecting ourselves to do them all with working weeks that let's be honest, have for most people gone longer than the 40 hours as well. Like a lot of people come to me with 60 hours or 80 hours. Even people come to me with 30 hours and they still know that they can't do it all. Like we literally set ourselves up to fail. And not only are we managing these to-do lists in our work, we're managing these to-do lists in our personal lives and in our relationships and on our, you know, planning a trip can become so stressful that we just don't plan the trip. We're like, you know, I'm just going to not go anywhere because even managing all those to-dos and I don't know, the vaccines and the insurance and all of this stuff, like we have so many things that we are juggling at any point in time that the 40 hour work week, even it's just inevitable that it's not working. (laughs) Just going to say that I'm going to boldly say that that the future is the 15 hour work week, whether we adopt it now or it takes a hundred years, we just have to go there. We can't sustain people are getting sicker, iller, more tired. Productivity is flatlining. Like all of these results that we're creating. Wow. (laughs) I I love it. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not even, it's a bold statement, but it's necessary. Obviously, you know, you said the four hour, the four day, is it the four day week? What, what is it? The four day week. Yeah. The four day week is now becoming a thing. Like it's like, slowly slowly people are coming around to the idea that this outdated old school way of working isn't the one yeah still it's I feel like it's a long haul for the corporations to get on board but what can we do now and I guess like you said before we have a responsibility as even entrepreneurs like you know we're both coaches and we both have this privilege where we can choose our hours so I'm gonna take advantage of the fact that you're here with me today and I'm gonna ask you right so I'm working I have to say my my time fluctuates but let's say in, in a period where I've got more on I can work 40 hour work weeks yeah a bit less where like where should I start now to think about the 15 hour work week? I just really want to know more about it. I want to share as well with the audience, like how it works, the work that you do and just some insight into, into this uh, mastermind. Yeah. Like one of the things that I think is really important, one of the things that I teach that might make some people feel uncomfortable, but, but also gives you the ultimate power to do, to change it is things take as long as we fucking let them. If you give yourself three hours to sort through your wardrobe or you give yourself three months it's going to take however long you let it and typically when we give ourselves three months to do something we're not doing it so how can we give ourselves what happens when we give ourselves less time is we stop having time for all the drama and the back and forth and the indecision one of the things i teach my clients is how to sit in consequence so when you first create a change like drastically reducing your work hours things aren't going to get done. You have to let them not get done. You have to teach your brain that you will not make up for it. It's kind of like, I don't know, if you have like a kid or a little sister or brother and you are always like covering for their mistakes, they're never going to learn. You have to be willing to learn and fall off that bike to give the example we gave earlier. When I started my 15 hour work week, the first thing I did was take Wednesday mornings off. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start introducing Wednesday mornings off. And then it turned into Wednesday day, then Friday day, and then I cut my other three hours. I mean, obviously you can use it however you want, but 
what happens when you do that is all the shitty stories come up about like, well, you're lazy, you should be doing more, you could be doing more, you're wasting your time, this isn't valuable. I started to like make my hobbies productive instead of just letting them just be and just going with the flow with them. It's kind of like this really bumpy road of uncovering all these stories you've adopted and then solving for them. So the first thing that you really need to do, the most important part to creating a 15 hour work week is believing it's possible. Just believing it's possible. Then you want to start making decisions on what what it's going to look like and decisions on what isn't going to be done anymore because I promise every single person, I mean, I know that I can get any single person five hours back in, in their week easily just by cutting down mental drama, just by cutting down things that they do that don't need to be done. A lot of business owners, for example, that I speak to are doing things in their business because they like it and because it's nice and because they're good at it and because they've been doing it when like the actual results or the impact of those things isn't that high. And I would be like, stop doing that. (laughs) Like if you only have 15 hours, would you still do that? Having that filter on every decision. And we need to be thinking strategically, not operationally. And what I mean by that is we're not factories. And if we just make decisions on what we're going to, on what's going to get more done, we become little robots and we just want to get more done. And what I teach my clients to do in the 15 hours is not to focus on the output, the measurable things you are getting done, but to focus on the results they are creating. And it's uncomfortable because what you are typically left with is the most uncomfortable parts of work, right? Like the exposing, the fails, the new things. But when you fall in love with failing, when you fall in love with putting yourself out there, when you fall in love with all of those things, then you've literally hacked the system and you scale and grow and achieve unprecedented levels. Wow, it's amazing. And I think it just goes back to exactly what you said right at the start of the of the episode about how, what was it about the time equaling doesn't equal value. And yeah. in your business, or even just in your, if you're employed or everything that you do, the length that you do it doesn't equal the output. And I feel like yeah. this, why, this is why the 15 hour work week is so innovative and so exciting because you get to actually test and trial and see the fact that you get to basically just create results that you probably never thought you would create in that amount of time. Yeah. And it's also another amazing thing that I didn't know would happen at the beginning, but is life happens, right? This year I came to visit Israel for five weeks, but then ended up, you know, having to extend and take more time off. I also, like I said, I've I've taken a few months off. So I've literally, it's not just that I have the 15 hour work week. It's like, I've literally removed the whole concept of like, my time at the bench creates my results, which allows me to actually nurture myself when needed or show up for my life when it happens, good and bad things and actually switch off and actually take breaks and holidays without, I never cram before a break and I never cram after a break. Like my whole relationship with time and with work has evolved to the point of like, it can't be stressful (laughs) when you, when you have the space for it and the space for your life outside of it. And one of the things I said recently, and it didn't hit me how much that changed, and maybe you can relate as well, is like, now I come first and my business comes second and I will, ne- like, I will never change that again. Whereas for a long time, I was like, oh, my business is my baby. My business is, like you said, I was proud of it. I was like, you know, I love giving everything to my business and I have time. So why not study something else? Or why not do more? Because like, I can and now it's like the opposite it's like the more I take care of myself the more every part of my life benefits and I really challenge everyone to think about that like 
when you take care of yourself first, you are showing up to your relationships, to your work, to to your health, to all of these things from at least zero, from not negative, right? And so therefore you aren't needing to take from other people and from other things. You're not needing validation from your boss. You're not needing validation from the guy you went out with last night. Like you really approach it from such a cleaner place. And I think that would be another thing I would say, you know, I love Instagram. I love seeing all this like self-care and, you know, all this stuff in words. But when I speak to most people, like really, they're like, yeah, I speak it. I know the value of it, but I'm not doing it. And that's what's radical about the 15 hour work week is you literally live it. Yeah. This is exactly what I do with my clients is exactly what you said is people come to me for coaching and I'm sure also came to you, come to you for coaching about all different things. It can be they want a career change or they're feeling this way about a relationship or they want to get out dating or whatever. I'm obviously more of a general life coach, so I have all, all of the different things. But at the end of the day, it's always about the relationship with yourself, always. And the pattern that I see that I think is very related to the feminine is that we don't put ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And that relationship with yourself, it becomes almost not there, like it's absent. And we're so in tune with everything else. And then we get in tune with what everyone else is asking from us, what everyone else wants from us, what our employers want from us, what our family wants from us. And then we just, and then this links to time because we're giving all our emotions to other people and that's all our time to other people as well. And I see this all of the time with my clients that, you know, well, I, I, I didn't journal this week because I just couldn't, you know, I had life was happening and I had an issue with someone at work or my sister or my mum or whatever it was. And, you know, that old saying, you have to pour into your own cup first, but I just could not agree more with what you said. I think that most people's problem today is we're not taking physical time out of our lives to look after ourselves. And I feel like whenever clients come to me and we you know, my program's only three months. It's a very short amount of time to see change. And I always see huge change, especially in the first half of the program. Why? Because it's usually the first time that my clients have ever taken physical time out of their lives. And even if that's just 10 minutes a day to journal, to actually take care of themselves. And the, the switch that you see when that happens is incredible because I think that we've been conditioned as women not to do that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like self-care has become another thing that we fail to do because we've been conditioned to not do it. So it's another way we can even beat ourselves up. And the other thing I was going to say to you is, and I'm sure you're going to say yes, but I think the biggest transformation, the biggest leap comes the moment someone says yes to investing in themselves. It's like so fucking radical. I'm sorry to spend like thousands of pounds on yourself for yourself for the life that you want that's not like a university course or a car or like whatever it is like we are so taught where to spend our money to feel good like handbags can cost thousands of pounds but spending thousands of pounds on your own brain like absolutely not and for me in my own experience and you know the story of where I got into multiple five figures of debt for a coach and it was like it radically changed me before I'd even started the program right like and I really I think there's so many opportunities for growth in it but but 
not to underestimate, like you said, the first choice that you make, because it's the hardest one, right? Once they're working with us, once they're with us, we're like nurturing them, we're teaching them, they're in a community typically of, you know, like they're in the circle, they've like said yes, they've already, but that first jump is the most difficult one. And that's why it's the biggest leap. Yes. And I feel like maybe I spoke about this recently on a podcast, but I'm not sure I'm just going to repeat myself again, that I see this crazy pattern and I'm sure you see it as well, that when I have waiting lists for one-on-one and you have to, you know, when a new client comes and they want to sign up and I take the coaching fee, sometimes we don't then see each other for a month. It depends how long the waiting list is. It can be a couple of weeks, a month. And even then I see, they come to me, my new client, we've not done anything, right? Literally nothing. And they're like, wow, I've come to the biggest realization or sometimes here, I quit my job since I last saw you or crazy stuff. And I'm like, yes, because I'll tell you what it is. I I think it's that for the first time ever, they believe that the change is possible. So then when they, you, you go and you put money, you basically make it certain, you make it inevitable. And I always say, it's like, literally going to a bank, getting a wad of cash out of an ATM and putting it down and being like, this is the price of my change. And this is non-negotiable. It's happening now, no matter what. That is radical for a lot of people, especially because I work with anyway, uh, a target audience who, you know, maybe have done some counseling or maybe have done a course, but very rarely have made such a big investment. And the change that I see just from that is astounding and it is it links back to exactly what we're speaking about here of not actually in real life usually putting money on yourself spending time on yourself putting energy into yourself it's energy thing as well yeah it's like a non-physical product right like that's the interesting thing I think it's super powerful and it's like the mindset that you have I think also it's like you're taking radical self-responsibility it's like breaking away from the like oh, my job's going to make me happy or my partner's going to make me happy or my weekend plans are going to make me happy and realizing like, oh, I'm going to do shit to make me happy and I'm going to figure out how to do it like for myself versus outside of myself. And one of the things for my Time Hackers program that, that I say to people when they sign up is like, as soon as you sign up, you are a time hacker. And that immediately changes how they show up with time. Like immediately before they even do any of the courses so much so now that now I've started to say to them like you guys need to be re-watching the modules because they're like I'm a time hacker I'm like yes and <laughs> this module this five minute video that's gonna like blow your mind so watch it as well but it really is like I don't believe that the doing is what creates the results it really is the thinking and how we think about ourselves and talk to ourselves and I don't know you can buy 10 different courses and not make a fucking difference and you can really commit to the change and to who you're going to become through the change and to the responsibility and whatever you do will make the difference. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's listening to this and who's in resistance right now and is saying, everything you're saying is lovely, but I just don't even have time. There's no Ah, time. I would say if you don't change anything, you are going to stay with that narrative. Like really think about that. If we don't change anything, then that stays. Like really, it's one of the things that people always email me. I want to join, but I don't have time. I'm like, yeah, what's going to happen in a year if you don't if you don't join now? Really, like what's going to happen in a year if you don't create a change now? I don't care if it's uncomfortable. I believe that people can do discomfort because I believe that they are far, you know, one of my pillars is like, you are far more capable than your brain lets you believe. Like, are you willing to dip another step 
forward into discomfort like we spoke about with the bikes to fall off again in order to get there faster like there's no other way and there's a quote that i saw online and i don't know who to give it credit to because i've seen a few different people say it but it really is like you either fight for your limitations and get to keep them or you fight for the life you want and get to create it like really we have to take that responsibility every person has started Every person that succeeded has started with things, with excuses. Like I had all the excuses 18 months ago. I closed a startup. I moved back in with my parents, relocated countries, like had no money, had 25K in debt, like all the reasons to like go and get a job and work back in finance or do whatever, like really all the excuses. Waking up at 5am to drop my husband off at his catering job, like really it was like all the excuses. I had all of them, but so what? Like really people do this with kids. People do this with illness. People do this with a job and a business. People do this with two jobs and a business. Like whatever excuse you have, whatever reasoning you have, I promise you someone has overcome it. And why not you? Yeah, I'm so inspired. I feel like I can't wait to go and do my time audit and then start my 15 hour work week. Because really I've been, you know, being vulnerable here. And I know that I mentioned it before that went through a really, really busy time in my business in the past couple of months. And what's been amazing is that because I'm obviously in in quite a high level of self-awareness, I fell into a pattern and then I uncovered it quite quickly. And then I said to myself, what would happen if I just stopped this narrative of having to work and output so much? What's going to happen? And I've spent the last couple of weeks really slowing down really taking away that fluff thing you mentioned before kind of just doing the things that are very very relevant and crucial and I'm actually just about to take a whole week off and actually shut the laptop for the first time since April I think actually you know it's been a long time it's now what November and I feel I feel so excited about it because I feel like I've become aware of this narrative and I've understood Mm -hmm. that it's a narrative Mm -hmm. and now I'm starting to work on that belief that you don't have to be busy all the time to actually create good things in the world. So I think it's just a really important conversation. And I know also, you know, you mentioned as well, you've also uh, taken some time off recently and this is your first week back at work after a (laughs) short break. So probably you're feeling it as well of like just the benefit of giving time for yourself and just slowing down and just saying, you know, I don't need to always be switched on. I just don't need to be. Yeah. Like I say, I think the number one thing that differentiates us from the robots and the machines is our creativity. And when we are busy, we aren't just busy physically, we are busy in our minds and we are literally eliminating our creativity. But every idea, the idea of a podcast, the idea of a coach, the idea of a plane, like all came from a human brain. Think about what it's costing you to be busy, right? Like we think we're going to achieve more by being busy, by being full, what's it actually going to cost you? And that's what I'd say my big lesson has been from my few months off and coming back is like, I literally, you can't see it, but I've got these like big pads of paper. And yesterday my husband came in and like, I'm on the floor, like scribbling on paper. Like I've not had that energy for my business for so long in, in what I want to create for my audience for the end of the year. And it just feels easy. It's like, it's done. Yeah, I also have exactly the same thing. And I I was just thinking about this, actually, before we spoke about, I know that the most creative I get for my business, the most inspired, motivated, determined, all of those things come when I stop. So I just know that I'm going to, when I'm not thinking about work and I'm going to go on this yoga retreat and just have like disconnect and not open my laptop. And I know that I'm going to come back and be like, wow, so many new ideas, like 
almost like just that taking that time off is when you actually become the most creative version of yourself. Yeah. And then, so imagine having that every single week. Yeah. I'm going to, after my trip, I'm going to. Thank (laughs) you so, so much for coming on to speak about it. Honestly, I know I said this at the start, but I feel like you really are leading something very, very important. And I think not enough people are speaking about it and we need to spread this message as far and wide as possible. Where can my listeners find out more about you and your time hackers and the 15 hour work week where am i that's such a philosophical question (laughs) okay so my podcast is called hack your time so definitely go check that out you can also connect with me on instagram at vicky louise underscore 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 it's v-i-k-k-i and my website vickyluise.com and if you go there on the homepage you can literally sign up for a 10 minute video. It's going to tell you the four biggest time wasters. And then you'll get four emails on how to solve each of them, which I feel like everyone needs to see that video. So yeah, you will find out all about me and my programs and my life there. I have two things to say. I know I said that it was the end, but I'm going to carry on because that's something that I do. So firstly, that I love about your content that it's all so in keeping with like, it doesn't take time. So I love the fact that all your videos and everything like it's so I love it. I feel like it's such a fitting in with what you're teaching. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is just to go back to what we were talking about before, how you used to be in the the corporate world and working all those hours, like for anyone listening who thinks like, Vicky is a unicorn and that she's managed to hack time and take off Wednesdays and Fridays and only work 15 hours. Like, I just want everyone to know, <laughs> I'm outing you here, that you were like, a, you were just not that person. Like, yeah. you, you know, I was, I'm thinking more about the last minute packing and the yeah. you know, and things like that. And I think that you are and the so- juggling social plans. My weekends used to have 10 social plans and I used to like not sleep. Yeah. I remember. And you know, there were times when we would be in touch when I remember you were in New York I think it's when you were in New York and you were like oh I've not been to sleep like I've just been like I'm so busy and I'm working and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and it was like you just were that person that is now the people who are listening to this thinking oh I could never be I could yes. never be so abundant with time so yeah. that's just how I wanted to leave the episode to be like you are an example that you can make change you just can't yeah, and I think I'm glad you pointed out because it is important. Our friend Han, it was like a year ago and that we, we were, well, it was before we came to France. I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember being on the phone with her and she was like, you're so organized. And she's known me since I was born. She's like, you really weren't like this. Like, do you remember that you weren't like this? And we laughed about it. And I think it is, it's easy to forget. It's easy to come up with reasons why it's easy for everyone else and not for us. And this is why we touched on this together. It's like, there's always an excuse. There's always an exception. We're always the exception that it's not going to work for. Always, always. I've been having this pattern this week with clients where we've really started to uncover these beliefs. And it's like, when you question it with other people, it's like, no, no, they can do it. It's just me. I'm like, oh, so just you're the special one. The whole world follows a rule, but when it comes to you, you're the exception. So yeah, I'm happy you brought that up. I see it all the time. So people just think like everyone else can handle their lives, but I I don't have enough time. Me specifically, I don't have enough time. Yeah, yeah. And here's why, because I also have X, Y, and Z. And I really challenge everyone to just be like, it's okay that you have X, Y, and Z and you can do it anyway. Yeah. Such a great note to leave it on. Thank you so, so much for coming. I urge all of you to go and check out uh, Vicky's materials and content and her programs. And I will see everybody on the podcast next week. Mm-hmm.